Episode 22 of the Energy Edge Podcast. This is Alan Meisner, the host of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast. If you're serious about getting the most out of your energy, then you need to subscribe to the Energy Edge Podcast with Brian Paul Buckley. Have a happy and healthy day. Take a look at how you are in your most comfortable environment. So at home, for instance, I have external stimulus going. I'll have music on. I might have the news on, but it's muted, but it's visual, right? I'll have the windows open so I can hear things going on outside. And that's external stimulus, but I'm in my most comfortable environment. So that does tell me I'm an extrovert. My husband, who is more of an introvert, won't have external stimulus on. Like he can ride in the car with no music and it's just quiet time because that's how introverts focus. Welcome to the Energy Edge Podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge Podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. Welcome to episode 22 of the Energy Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Paul Buckley. And today is an interview with Dr. Ann Vertel, and we're going to discuss how to increase your mental energy through your temperaments. Now, Dr. Vertel was a great interview on the Successful Entrepreneur Online Conference that I did this past fall, and we talked about the topic of vulnerability, which she's vulnerable all the time, but today we're really going to get into something completely different direction, and I'm really looking forward to it. I love her candidness her insights, her energy, and her sense of humor. So I'm going to ask Dr. Vertel some of the following questions. Number one, what is personal temperaments and how do you find out on your own? Number two, what does your personal temperaments and energy have anything to do with each other? And three is how do you draw more energy using your natural temperament and much, much more? It's go time. I'm here right now with Dr. Ann Vertel. She is a leadership and success expert, keynote speaker, motivational psychologist, and a 20-year naval officer. And oh, she has some stories to tell. She writes, she speaks, blogs, trains, coaches, consults, and produces a weekly podcast to help people take charge of their life, their career, and everything in between. Now, Ann is repelled out of a helicopter, has taught leadership at Offers a Candidate School. I mean, she's conducted international military protocol missions in almost every country in the Pacific Rim. And when she's not working, you can usually find her walking in a beach somewhere or with a hot cup of hazelnut coffee at sunrise or a cold, ice-cold beer at sunset. You might also find her plotting world domination with her superhero gal pals and traveling with her family, working out, or reading just one more psychology book. How are you, Anne? I am so energized to be here, Brian. Oh, that's a great word to use considering the Energy Edge podcast. Nicely played, most honorable <laughs> Anne Vertel. So where in the world are you located, Anne? I am in sunny San Diego where we don't know what rain is and when it does happen, we can't drive. <laughs> nicely put. And uh, you're in a cool part of San Diego as well that most people don't realize that there's a bridge outside of San Diego that leads to somewhere other than like Hawaii or Asia. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's an island. It's just two miles off of the of downtown San Diego. So we can look at the city, but we're not actually in it. And it's called Coronado. And we landed here about 21 years ago and just decided to stay. 
not a bad place to land and not a bad place to stay. So, well, and before we kind of get into the weeds of the interview, um, I know your backstory of being a naval officer, which is pretty freaking cool, I might add. <laughs> but uh, I'd love for you to tell us a, one of maybe one or two really cool stories from your experience as a naval officer. Wow, there's hundreds. <laughs> so many fun ones. There's some crazy ones. There were plenty of them in which I thought I was going to be fired and was never going to be able to come back to work again. Well, maybe we'll put that in the PG-17 version of the interview. (laughs) But, um, you know, just thinking about your podcast and how you're all about energy and where you get your energy and, and how to be energized, I was reflecting on a time when I was the senior protocol officer at the U.S. Naval Academy. And my job was to coordinate all of the official social activities and functions of the admiral that was in charge of the academy. So he did a lot of functions at his home, sometimes, you know, two or three a day. And I think by the time I left there in three years, I had done over 800 events, over a million people. And it was worked about 85, 90 hour weeks, which was amazing. I would get people who would say to me, well, all you do is go to cocktail parties. <laughs> but, um, Little but I did, know. <clears throat> I know, but I coordinated everything, you know, from the guest list to the seating charts, the parking, the security, the f- food menus, the flowers, where people sat, you know, all of that stuff. In addition to being, um, you know, cognizant of the actual military protocol, you know, precedence and who sits where and who talks to who and all of that stuff. But what I used to do, though, is I, had to, I would go to these parties, of course, because I was also greeting, meeting and greeting people and doing all of that stuff. But I would sneak off into the Admiral's kitchen in the middle of these events just for maybe two minutes. And I, and I can remember that I would just stand there and I would munch on a, like a cheese stick. They used to make these, they were, I don't know what they were, but they were sort of like bread, but they were cheesy. And I would just stand there just munching on a cheese stick. And I didn't want anybody to talk to me for about two minutes. And occasionally I would go back out and, and people were looking for me, but very often they weren't. And then I was able to go back out and, you know, engage again, because in those type of jobs, you're very on all the time. So I was just sort of thinking about that when I was reflecting on the fact that I was going to be on this podcast and about energy and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a high external energy kind of person. I love interacting with people, but every now and then I need to go stand in a kitchen and eat a cheese stick. Well, you know, and that's a great story, Anne, because it relates exactly to kind of where we're headed here. And you have a podcast that I listened to and you had an episode that was on a subject of mental energy. And I absolutely love that episode because I so personally resonated with it, especially with your story right now. So can you introduce the topic to us right now, which obviously you give us a little bit of a glimpse uh, with this story in your days as a, as a cocktail, uh, I'm sorry, a naval officer, longtime partier. Yeah, so, I was a cocktail naval officer. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Nice. Is that a thing? It, well, it's like protocol Barbie or Barbie, Navy Barbie. There, there we go. <laughs> Navy Barbie. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I need you to answer the question though, Anne, because oh, yeah, that's, that's really, right. well, really super fun. <laughs> well, the, the concept of mental energy is really all about where you draw your energy. and. I believe that's probably what we're going to talk mostly about today. And everybody draws their mental energy, how they think, how they focus, where they are able to get their ideas and harness those ideas, how they're able to concentrate. 
they all draw that from their temperament and we're all born with our temperament. It's not something we can change. So being aware of what our temperament is and then therefore where we draw our energy is really key to being able to harness that and being able to take charge of our mental energy. And there's basically, I mean, that's not something that you made up, even though you've got a doctor in your title. So kind of where did this whole temperament concept kind of develop and come from? Oh, way, way back, <laughs> way back to, gosh, even the, even the Greek ages, you know, I think it all started with the four humors, which was, I don't know if you know anything about that, but uh, black bile, yellow bile, blood and phlegm. That's when they were first starting to look at why people were different, why their personalities were different, why their temperaments were different. And so you've probably heard terms like melancholic or choleric oh, yeah. or sanguine or phlegmatic and those describe people's temperaments. And then, I just thought people were cussing at me in, in psychology terms. <laughs> little right. did I know it was a thing. <laughs> but so it goes all the way back. I think it was, uh, well, certainly back to Plato and Aristotle. But then in the 20th century, then Carl Jung came along and sort of packaged it a little bit better when he talked about temperament. And then from that, you see it coming out in things like the Myers-Briggs, the MBTI or Kiersey Bates, or the DISC, for people who are familiar with the DISC uh, temperament sorter. And, and, that's, and it's really all about assessing through, usually through a series of questions, what your temperament is. And then knowing that, then you can harness it. But it's all this, honestly, it's all the same thing. It's just how it's been further studied, further validated, and then how it's been packaged in a way that makes it a little bit easier for people to understand. And you used a phrase that um, I've heard you say before, which I love with the temperament is to learning to honor your disposition and then organizing your day around it. So I'm really looking forward to diving into that a little bit more, but kind of an elementary question, um, Anne, is how do we know if we're truly extroverted or introverted or maybe uh, confirm an assumption that we already have? Oh, that's a good question. You mean without taking a test? (laughs) Or you even have one. Uh, you, well, you certainly can take, take the test, take any of those tests that I just mentioned. Um, there's also, uh, I think we're, I think we, we're even talking about it before we started this episode about these 10 questions that you can, you can answer that will give you an idea of whether or not you're an extrovert or an introvert. There's 10. And what you do is you, you just draw a column, two columns with a line down the middle of the page. And then you answer you know, yes or no for those 10 questions. And then you basically, you total them up and you see which one you have more of, you know, if you have, maybe you have eight yeses and two no's. And I think you're going to share those questions with your listeners. And, and that's really the simplest way to do it, to determine that. But there's other ways, of course, just by being, paying attention to uh, some of the ways that you go through your day and what happens and how you respond to that and what your stress levels are. So somebody can take this quiz, which I'm going to provide in the show notes and also a link to your site that has them as well. So they can uh, do a check and balance or maybe see them in two different ways. But assuming that we are extroverted or introverted, Anne, um, now what kind of what's the next step and how do we kind of leverage and make the most of whatever our personality type is or temperament bent? Oh, well, the biggest thing is with energy and you know, your, your temperament is going to give you 
many different things. It's going to give you how to interact with people, how to have conversations, how to network, all of that stuff. But with your energy and then being able to know how to use it, that's really the key. So do you want me to talk a little bit more in depth about each of the? Absolutely. Uh, okay. So in, uh, in, in the Myers-Briggs, the MBTI, which a lot of people have taken in school or at corporate, they, there's one section of that that talks about whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert. And when people first hear those terms, they think we're talking about whether or not you're a wallflower or a party animal, right? But, and, and interestingly enough, when I do this as a workshop, I will have everybody separate into whether or not they're in, introverts or extroverts, and I have them stand on opposite sides of the room with those big chart packs, you know, the big, uh, you know, uh, pieces of paper. Yep. And I have them write all the words they can think of about the opposite group. Hmm. So you'll have all of the extroverts are standing on one side of the room and they're writing down all the things they can think about, the, you know, the stereotypical biases of an introvert. So they're writing all that down and the introverts are doing the same thing with the extroverts and they can't see the charts. And it's always interesting to watch because the introvert group is usually pretty quiet. Imagine and, that. <laughs> And, and the extroverts are talking their way through the exercise. Right. Well, and the introverts are usually talking one at a time and taking turns and really thinking through the terms they're putting down. And then the extrovert group, they're all talking at once. They're laughing. They're, you know, writing, write, all writing different things. Sometimes more than one person is writing. And then what I have them do is I have them turn the chart packs around and show them to each other to say, hey, this is what the opposite group thinks of you. And it's all, that's always fascinating as well because you'll, you'll have terms come out like boring or boorish or well, yeah. <laughs> loudmouth or, uh, you know, um, invisible. You know, it's, all, it's interesting to see what comes out. But the point I make from that is that what they just did, that particular exercise, is to show what their bias is toward people who have a different type of temperament. And I, I don't necessarily mean bias in a negative term, but just what we, we tend to think about them. And then what I pull out is the fact that none of that is true. That the introvert and extrovert portion of the MBTI is really about where we draw our energy. So extroverts draw their energy from outside of themselves, external stimuli, external sources, often other people. And introverts draw their energy from internal sources, from being having downtime, being able to unplug, being able to focus on what's going on for them internally. So it's really just about where we draw our energy. And I love that delineation. And because we rarely think of that, we just think they're not like me. So then therefore, it's almost like, almost like you said, a negative connotation. But I love the angle of this, especially with energy, because if we leverage our personality, it's how we draw our energy. So you gave an example of like with a party. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sure. Now, I'm an extrovert. So I love, I love social, social engagements. I'm not a 100% extrovert. So I love going to parties, but there's going to be a certain point where I'm, I'm going to have had enough. I will have reached my limit. And you can see what the level of whether or not somebody is an extrovert or an introvert based on that. What point do they get to where they've had enough? 
So extroverts are going to go to a party. They're going to be excited. They're going to walk in. They're going to see friends they know. They're going to start talking and chatting, and they're really into it. The really strong extroverts aren't going to want the party to end. They're the ones that stay till the end. They're the ones that want the after party, right? (laughs) Right. They want to take it elsewhere. Who are we going after this? It's constant. The introverts going to a party, especially if you're a strong introvert, is really challenging because they know their energy is going to get sapped. They walk into a party and they might be able to, you know, be social for a little bit. They might connect with one or two people. And based on their level of being an introvert, they at some point are going to become absolutely exhausted and they have to leave. And because what's happening is at a party, the extroverts are getting charged up right? It's like plugging in, plugging the battery in, and they're receiving all of this fantastic external energy from the people around them and by interacting with them. So they get more and more and more energized while they're at the party. And hence wanting to keep going. Exactly. For the introverts, however, because they charge up, they charge their battery during downtime when they unplug, when they are away from external sources, what's happening for them at the party is that they're energy levels are being drained. The battery is draining. And at some point they can't take, they can't do it anymore. They're, they're done. And then they have to go and have a little downtime. And the more the introversion, the quicker that drain happens. And the more the extroversion, the more they want it to continue. That's a a great example. So, and I'd love to talk about the work day. If Mm. we're getting into, and we're trying to figure out, okay, here's my personality bent or my temperament. And I'm walking into a work day how does that play out if uh, somebody is very extroverted and whether they're working from home or they're working in an office or they're traveling or the opposite of that and they're introverted, how does this drawing their energy play out um, in, in an average workday? And that's a great question. And I think there's two aspects of this. The first is whether or not you're in a career or work or business that honors your temperament. You know, if you're a strong extrovert, but you work in a lab all day, that's tough. Or if you're a very strong introvert, and yet you're the frontline customer service person at a very large retail establishment, that's also tough. And so so work will become more stressful for you if you are doing a job or in a position that doesn't play to your temperament. So... That's the first thing, you know, take a look at what you're doing. First of all, what is your career and, or what is your job? And maybe, you know, maybe it is uh, not honoring your temperament. So if that's the case, then you have to take some extra measures. If it is the case, if you're in, in a job that plays to your temperament, that's awesome. So for me, I'll just use myself as an example. I have a home office and I work from home, but I am an extrovert. So if I just get up and go into my office and start my day somewhere within just a couple of hours, I'm exhausted <laughs> because I've had Is no external stimulus. Is that why what? Is that why you're always calling me? <laughs> Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. As soon as I wake up. <laughs> no, no. That's a good point though. Well, keep going on this story. Cause obviously if you're an extrovert and you're working from home and you got to get your, your energy mm-hmm. somewhere. That's right. And so for me, I have to get up and get out first thing in the morning. So I have to, on a workout day, I'm over at the gym working out first thing in the morning, real early. And if it's not at the gym, then I have to walk my dog and talk to people or have to go to Starbucks and stand in line and talk to people. But I have to get out and I have to be 
interacting with other people because that will get me jazz. It'll jazz me up. And then I'll come back and I'll put on some music. So I've got music going. And then if I'm sitting down and, and doing writing, I do a lot of writing, I still have to have external stimulus on some type of uh, music or this a fun app that I use called Coffitivity, which makes it sound like I'm in a coffee shop. And so say the app again, because I think that's a really cool resource if somebody wants that. Uh, oh, sure. It's called Coffitivity. I think it's C-O-F-F-I-T-I-V-I-T-Y. That's correct. And it just, it has three tracks. So it sounds like you're either at a coffee shop, that you're at a lunch counter, or that you're in, you know, say a, a college library situation. So I just sometimes have that on the background. Maybe it's a little music from Pandora and then I can write. But if I have nothing, if it's dead silent, then I'm, I'm drained in about a half an hour. So, so that's, that would be something for me. Now, if you're, so I need to do that. If you are an extrovert and you are doing a work that is requiring you to be by yourself a little bit or focused or concentrating, go get that external energy hit first thing in the morning. That's huge. And then that, I mean, first, and then also often throughout the day, early and often is what, where, where you need to tap into your energy. That's good sources. Phrase. Early and often, early and often. Yeah. So maybe two hours into it, you get up and that's why people go, end up going to the break room. If they're in an office environment or, Standing, standing around the coffee pot and talking, they're getting, they're energizing themselves if they're extroverts. So you need energy early and often. Now, if you're an introvert, you probably will want to start your day with something that has to do with journaling or meditation or prayer or quiet time. If you do go for a walk, you, you probably don't want to talk to anybody else. You're just walking by yourself. I know a lot of introverts that put their headsets on, even though they're not listening to anything. They just want other people to think they're listening. <laughs> so nice. They won't talk to them. Put me on a plane. Yep, on a plane, right? So it's it's about charging up for an introvert by being internal, internally focused, and then you know they can go do a job that requires them to be on. But once again, early and often, they're going to need to check out and go do something that gives them a little bit of downtime again. So what you're saying is somebody is introverted and they've had their refill time they can go into an exercise that maybe is more social than they're used to because they're already filled up. And so it allows for that drain to happen and they're prepared for that. Absolutely. Like if, for instance, if you're an introvert and you work in a corporate environment and you have to go to a lot of meetings, it's really key that you spend some downtime five or 10 minutes before that meeting talking to no one. So you close your office door or you step outside or whatever it is that you need to do in order to just recharge so that when you enter the meeting, you're able to be, you know, fully on for the meeting. So could a phone call or a text type of interaction, let's say somebody is on the extroversion side, they're working from home or whatever, and need some type of uh, external stimulus, could that serve their need for that type of thing? Absolutely. It's not as, it's not as good as in person, but it works fantastic. Phone calls work great. Skyping, Zooms, and text, especially because it's immediate. It's really quick. It's, yeah, very, quick and it's a very quick hit, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Snapchat, Twitter, all of that stuff. You know, sometimes if you're, if you're by yourself and you just jump on Twitter and you know, interact with a few people, you feel like you've at least gotten that hit, at least for an extrovert. Uh, and I actually work remotely with some of my gal pals who also have home offices 
work by themselves and are extroverts. And so what we'll do is we'll just uh, set up Skype for a couple of hours and we don't really talk to each other. We just have it on and we can see each other working and every now and then we can ask a question or make a comment available oh. upon request, right? Right. It's like being working in a cubicle and being able to stand up and look over and go, Hey, what do you think about this? Because there's this, I, there's this idea that somebody else is there too. And you're drawing your energy off of them as well. So and it helps you focus. So that leads to another question that I have, Anne. So obviously there's extreme extroversion, and extreme introversion. So let's say somebody works through your 10 questions or does a, you know, one of these, these, you know, these tests, uh, psychological tests here for temperaments and they find out they're a little bit more kind of that six, four range or even a five, five. Well, how does that play into this, into the, this conversation? Well, and, and I think that's where you're going to find a lot, a great deal of people are going to be somewhere around that, you know, some, maybe it's seven, three, but there's very few people who are like 10 and zero. So what you have to do at that point is just be aware of when during your day you feel the most energized by external sources and when you feel the most energized by internal sources and honor those. You know, if you do your best concentrated, focused writing early in the morning, then then honor that. That's the time when you need to be more internal, where your energy sources are coming internally. I know other people that their most focused time is in the evening. I, I couldn't, I myself would not be able to do that. So, but you have to be aware of when during your day. So the first thing for anything is awareness, becoming aware of what it is that's draining your energy and when that's happening or where that's happening. And that's a great point. I don't know if most of us have even considered that. I think we just kind of go through our day and our day is as it is, you know, whether we've got the meetings or the phone calls or, or what have you, and really thinking about, you know, with my temperament, what do I need that's going to give me energy? And I look at, it, I mean, most people, if they know me, probably think that I'm more extroversion than I really am. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely more in the six, four range, especially now that I'm a little bit older and kind of where my specific interests lie. Like my first, my morning routine is I, I did not want to have any other human being involved. You know, so for me, I, I read a one year Bible plan and then I read a book and then I write, and then I work out. So that's my rhythm, and then mm -hmm. I plan my day in journal. So all of that, but that I really care not to see another human being during that window of time. Mm -hmm. But that allows me to be able to have energy for the rest of my day, although I enjoy people. So this is very, very intriguing. I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. So for somebody who is trying to work through this content, what would you say maybe should be one or two big takeaways from, from learning about their temperaments um, through this interview? mean on how to apply it for themselves? Correct. I think being aware of, probably the biggest thing is being aware of how you are in the environment where you're most comfortable. Because that's going to be a truest, the truest test of what your temperament is. Yeah, so, when you're what? When you're in an environment where you are the most comfortable. Okay, good. And be aware of what it is that you're doing in that time. So it might be when you're home. It might be when you're on vacation. And... So for instance, if you're taking one of these psychological tests or answering these questions, answer them based on how you are in your most comfortable environment, because that's a truer test of who you really are. You know, we can, we can adapt to our environments easily. And a lot of times you see people who, you know, maybe an introvert who is in an external job and they've been doing it for so long, they think they're an extrovert, but they're drained, exhausted, and stressed. So, but when they take this test, 
based on their work, they'll come out as an extrovert. But if they, if they take a test based on how they are, where they're the most comfortable, maybe it's at home, maybe it's on, on vacation, they'll find, oh, no, they really are an introvert. So taking, when you're looking at this, as you're working through it, and you're trying to figure out, wow, am I more an extrovert or an introvert? Where am I getting my energy source? Take a look at how you are in your most comfortable environment. So at home, for instance, when I'm just at home and I'm, I'm you know, wandering around doing laundry and things like that, I have external stimulus going. I'll have music on. I might have the news on, but it's muted, but it's visual, right? And I'll have the windows open so I can hear things going on outside. And that's external stimulus, but I'm in my most comfortable environment. So that does tell me I'm an extrovert. My husband, who's an in, who is more of an introvert, he won't have external stimulus on. Like he can ride in the car with no music on. And it's just quiet time because that's how introverts focus and recharge. So take a look at where you are the most comfortable and then look at what it is that you're doing that gives you energy. And that's rich. I mean, that's a great point of when we're the most relaxed or we're the most comfortable then making those decisions. Cause obviously, you know, any other way could kind of taint the results. And so I'm really glad you brought that up. And I remember you even say too, that, uh, you know, if you're writing, you could have music without words, but it can't necessarily, <laughs> you're trying to read or you're trying to write, have something that's conflicting of, of a type of stimulus. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. I can write with music, but it can't have words to it unless it's in a foreign language I don't know. <laughs> nice. So, because <laughs> then, then I can't, I'm not actually listening. It's just background. But to somebody who's introverted, that may be just that one thing that throws them off because mm -hmm. they're wanting to be able to focus, but they may add that one element to just take them a little bit further into the extroversion and have some type of stimulus that's there when maybe the extrovert just looks at that's like so basic, that's remedial, I need to have that, correct? Well, yeah, the, the extrovert would look at it as white noise, as background noise, as something that's, that's uh, external that's and giving them energy. And the introvert will look at it as something they have to focus on. And, and then they'll feel the need to have to focus on whatever that is. I often use the, the example of a football game. If I, I can sit in front of a, I love football and I, and if it's a game I really care about, I'm going to pay attention to it. But if, if it's not, I can sit in front of it and, and write or do other things. And it's background noise to me. Whereas an introvert would find that difficult to do because they would be listening to the football game. They would be focused on the football game. And so it's, it's hard to adjust the focus for an introvert. That uh, reminds me of a story. I remember I had a friend of mine that we would have to do planning together. And, and uh, when she came in the office, I'd have to have the music off to have the conversation and to brainstorm. And I would have the remote and I would find out what the threshold was. You know, some <laughs> evil. But you know, <laughs> right at this certain point between like three and four, all of a sudden there, you know, her concentration went off. <laughs> and ability to be able to focus and she just what was that again and just try to little didn't know this you know i was i was playing with her <laughs> conducting your own psychological experiments i know i know screwed <laughs> up i know screwed up but it's true i mean you're you're exactly right you know and i'm writing certain times where i need to quiet or other times as far as stimulus but i don't know if we've ever really paid attention to that so i love absolutely love the challenge in this so any closing thoughts for us today ann just that neither is right or wrong the most important part is to understand who you are and to honor that there's, you know, uh, being an introvert or being an extrovert is, is just who you are. So honor that. And then that will give you the energy and the, 
and the stimulus that you need in order to show up as your best self in order to take charge of your own energy level, take charge of your life, your career, and everything in between, as I like to say. But, but I think being, being aware uh, is key so that you can honor your best self. Love that, Dan. How do we find out more about you, your resources, uh, any other things that you've got going on in your world that could benefit us? Oh, well, you, you can always find me at my website, which is annvertel.com. So that's A-N-N and then V like Victor, E-R-T-E-L.com. And I'm always there. I'm, I'm, that's my handle on Twitter. And I, I love interacting with people. So <laughs> it energizes me. Come talk to me. <laughs> Imagine that. Nice. And if somebody likes an audio experience, they can listen to you on your podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. It's, it's just called Take Charge. and they can just Google take charge. I mean, um, iTunes, you know, look up take charge or look up my name and it'll show up. I'm also, I think it's also on Stitcher. It's also on iHeartRadio. And on that particular podcast, that's exactly what we're talking about. Taking charge of your life, your career and everything in between. Well, Anne, it's been a joy. I enjoy your friendship. I enjoy your content. I always learn something from you. Highly recommend people checking out anvertel.com and especially the podcast. I really, really enjoyed the podcast. Um, you're fun, Anne. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Day, so are you. Really bring a giggle. Thanks. Bring a giggle, a giggle to me within my day. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's about the same length of time of my podcast. So thank you so much for investing into us and really looking at the temperament side to increase our energy. Well, thank you, Brian. It was, a, it was an honor to be here. I always love interacting with you. And this was just fun. So it was great fun for me. I'm now energized. I have to go do something fun now. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Anne. Take care. This is your podcast co-host, Trevi Yacino. I would love to have a personal conversation with each and every one of you. Why? Almost everyone I talk to is struggling with common yet incredibly frustrating issues such as losing weight, loss of energy, lots of digestive issues, and many, many more. I help business professionals like yourselves get to the core of why you're feeling so badly and get you back to feeling fantastic. If you head over to my website, livingtree.co, share your information under contact me, and we can set up a time to chat for free. I am passionate about giving you the tools you need to become independently healthy and regain the energetic you. Just ask Brian, my co-host. He was one of my biggest challenges. Now look at him, or should I say listen to him? I can't even keep up. So let's get your living on. We believe sleep is foundational to develop an energy edge. It's challenging enough to be productive and creative, especially when you're tired or even exhausted. But what if you had a quick guide to give you a jump start, something to point you in the right direction? That's the exact reason for the sleep guide called Sleep Your Way to the Top, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. To download your free copy, visit www.energyedgepodcast.com. That was www.energyedgepodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. I love that interview with Anne. You know, sometimes you can kind of feel like you know that you'd like to be friends with that person. That's somebody I would like to be friends with. Love, loved her energy. Yeah, she had a lot of great she's things. She's one of you. And uh, I mean that with all respect. No, honestly. Thank she's, you. I hope that's a compliment. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, she's good peeps. So I think the two of you would hit it off. 
Yeah, it was great. So this is our interview breakdown time. We love this. And there was so many things to take from this, but we're just going to give you a couple things that stood out to us. So for me, what I loved is because I am an extrovert. Um, and even though first thing in the morning, I do like to, um, have some of my quiet time. I loved it because I work from home. And when she said, get up and out first thing, if you work from home to get some of that external stimulation, and that's really motivating for me. And I thought that was a great point. Yeah, I can see how that would resonate with you. But Sam, your first first few minutes of the day, how do, how do you spend the first few minutes of the day since you've got a different um, circle around you now? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I am very extroverted, but I do need about an hour or so to myself of just being quiet. I usually read my Bible, have some meditation, go out and run. I just need to kind of get my bearings a little bit, but I still do need that external stimulus after that. Well, I'm glad you don't literally call me first thing in the morning. But uh, yeah, I can relate, Treva. I'm I'm similar to that where my first hour, and I've got a busy full house of kids, so it's critical for me to get up before everybody else gets up and similar rhythm. I read the one-year Bible, and then I read an inspirational book, and then I write, and then I work out. And if I can do that without peeps, all the better. But of course, my family starts to come into the picture. That's awesome. But uh, if I can start with that quiet time and then kick in and being an extrovert, I can relate as well. So what else stood out to you? Well, I also liked when she said, uh, are you in a job that honors your temperament? So what I kind of took away from that too is some of the things that I do don't necessarily honor my temperament, but I have, to, I'm, I'm very aware of myself knowing that I need external stimulus. And so even though I need some time by myself, I also know I'm kind of starting to poop out and I need something. So I think it was really good for her to say, are you in a job that honors your temperament? If you're not, adjust yourself so that you can be the best that you can be at your job. And that was great advice not to quit that second. And, uh, but it's true. I mean, obviously if we're in a job that's just doesn't honor the temperament, that's a long haul and probably a great reason of why we're so drained at the end of, end of the day. Anything else stand out to you? Um, well, of course I thought awareness when she talked about awareness, I think that is a real struggle for everybody. We just don't have time to be aware. Right. So, so we um, say, right. <laughs> exactly. So I think the first step is just being aware of that. And and, and that, I think it takes a while. It's kind of trial and error. And it depends on your stage of life and, you know, how old you are, all kinds of different things play into it. But awareness for sure. I, I completely agree. And I think I kind of pull after that with, uh, you know, finding what draws energy for you and what drains energy for you. I thought that was very revolutionary. Even to her example, even at her own party, she's willing to pull away for a few minutes to be able to just find some energy. And this is coming from Navy and or uh, Navy Barbie, Naval Barbie. I thought that was so funny, but yes. uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, knowing what allows energy to be drawn to us and then also it drains our energy. I just think that's such a critical part of an energy edge, knowing what types of stimulus that are beneficial for us. I really liked when she gave the example of her being in the car and having all this noise and TV on and music and everything. And, and that Coftivity app that uh, we talked about. And then, but her husband can just literally drive in the car with complete silence and maybe just a little bit of noise with being an introvert is kind of what triggers him. And that's stimulus. And just the differences in how we have to interact with other people. I just found that fascinating. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. So let's get into the what nows. These are two, usually two practical steps, very simple steps that we want to encourage you to take. So the first one is very simple. Take the quiz. 
that's the first place in even understanding yourself and awareness. And Brian, where can we find that? That'll be in the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast, energyedgepodcast.com forward slash, and it's always the episode. So in this case right here, it'll be 022. So energyedgepodcast.com forward slash 022, and you will find the 10 question quiz, which um, is very, very enlightening. Um, I was surprised by the results, even though I know what my temperament is. Great. And then number two is, of course, I talked about awareness. So do this. Start your day with how you're wired. Figure out what you need. Do you need silence? Do you need external stimuli? What do you need so that you are the most energized for your day? Well, this episode's rate and review shout out comes from EG1005. Not sure who that is, but I am thrilled she left a rate and review for us. A great topic. Well done was the title of the rate and review. Such an important topic to discuss. Brian's life story is a personal look into what can happen when you run yourself into the ground, but then what? This podcast takes a look into the solutions for running out of energy. Great job adding content so far and giving us a look into your lives. Much appreciated. So thank you, EG1005. A shout out to you. And if you're interested and willing to do a rate and review for us, we'd love to be able to do a personal shout out for you. So please leave your name, website, etc. if you'd like to, and we'll be happy to mention it on the show. Thank you for making it to this point in the podcast. We value your time. And if you found this episode or podcast helpful, we encourage you to share it with someone else and or be willing to do a rate and review on iTunes to help get the word out about the podcast. As always, we'll try and do better next time. Go and get your energy edge on today.